Hello and welcome to Hardy Party of Five and a Half. And today we are on the road. We are on the road today. And babe, what is your like least favorite thing about being in traffic? In traffic, it's pretty much everyone around me. It's my <laughs> least favorite thing. No, seriously, I think it is in the DFW area with all the stop and starting on the highway. Mm -hmm. Like you feel like you're going a good pace and then suddenly you sit for 10 minutes. There was no wreck. There was nothing. Yeah. And that just kind of wears me down when I'm going across the Metroplex. Yeah. So what is your pet peeve? Yeah, you tend to be a more defensive driver like that. And ten yeah. you tend to like think everybody's out to get you. And I tend to yeah. think everybody's in labor, basically. <laughs> so. <laughs> They have an emergency, and I'm just thinking they're just goofing around. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my least favorite thing is when cars, like, weave in and out of traffic, and motorcycles do it, too. Yeah. But it's just so dangerous. I don't like this. I don't like it when I can hear their roaring engine come up on my side and then cut over, cut back, and then within, like, one second, you're sitting side by side from them, you know? And then you turn to them and say, you're number one. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> well... If you're a fan of anything traffic-related or car-related, you're going to love our guest today. His name is Paul Dollenbeck. And a quick search, and you're going to find he's the coolest guy ever. He has raced up Pikes Peak hundreds of times and also won the Pikes Peak hill climb a lot Several of times. Several times, mm -hmm. yes. And he's also a stunt driver for movies, TVs, and commercials. Yes. He was in my favorite movie, Ford versus Ferrari. Mm -hmm. So he's going to tell us all about that, about working with Christian Bale and just that whole movie. So Yeah. And then he was also in one of my very favorite Super Bowl ads this year, that Binky, the Kia Binky dad, when he forgets the Binky and has to race everywhere. Yeah. He was in that commercial too. So you're going to love this interview. You're going to learn a lot about what race car drivers do. And stunt car. I mean, they're two different things. I really didn't think about them being like totally different things. Yeah. He brings some things to light. And you're going to love this interview with Paul Dellenbeck. bit like racing has been in your family for a while so what's your earliest memories of like racing and cars and so forth well um earliest memory for me was was being at indy so um going to uh the indy 500 it was a month-long thing um you know it's a lot shorter now but back back in the day you know qualifying or practice started you know, basically May 1st or whatever that first weekend was. And uh, so we would go there the whole month and get um, an apartment and stay. And uh, my earliest memory that I re really remember was like 1972. Mm -hmm. um, I was only four years old, but I do remember that. But 73 was more, um, more in my mind because of all the uh, carnage that happened that year uh, with with Salt Walther's crash and Sweet Savage crash. And it was a, a, a race that was drawn out by four days or whatever. And I just remember the, the little snippets uh, of that. But really, that's my earliest memories is, is being at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway um, when I was, you know, five years old, four years old. Wow. Um, and then, you know, the, my dad was already done doing all the, the local short track stuff when I was, you know, around. So I, I don't remember him doing any of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, that was my earliest memories of, of racing. So <laughs> what age did you start driving? Did you drive pretty early or is it? Well, we started not racing. Unfortunately, what, but growing up around here, there were, there were really nothing to do there. Were, you know, the closest go-kart track was four hours away and just wasn't part of the deal. Um, so we, we all learned, all three of us kids, my brother, my sister, and I all learned how to drive on our ranch um, in a 52 Willys Jeep, which we still <laughs> own. Um, and uh, yeah, we just, you know, doing chores and stuff. We were, you know, you know, we were all on motorcycles early when we were five. We all started on on the same little mini bike that we still have. Wow, uh, that's all it was it a is 1964 it? Honda Monkey. Oh, it was, God. It was pretty yes. rare. And we restored it. It's it's looks brand new, 
Um, but we all started that and then we had snowmobiles and so we were racing each other, snowmobiles, four wheel, not really four wheelers back then, but three wheelers and, and, um, um, motorcycles on our ranch, but driving, just doing chores around the ranch in the Jeep. And then we, you know, would drive other trucks and stuff, but racing, it was, it was not, um, it wasn't available here. Uh, we do have a local track here in Aspen called Woody Creek raceway and they had a, a little jalopy type series stock cars you know that they would race uh one one race a month my brother started out doing that and then i started i did a few races in that um so that was when i was 15 and that was really my first racing experience yeah um, so i got got a late start in today's standard mm-hmm. you know today everybody's you know, in quarter midgets at, you know, six, five, six years old and go-karts and all that, which wasn't available to us. So, um, I, I get, it was pretty normal back then, really. It yeah. was, you know, nobody really started earlier. You couldn't do SCCA or anything until you were, you were 18. Um, and then my first year of racing, which, which was, I was 17. I kind of, lied a little bit about my age um (laughs) the Volkswagen Volkswagen Cup series um which was big it used to be the rabbit series and the year I I started was the um they went to the golfs and it was just a great series because it was um all all the cars were they cost through Volkswagen forty five hundred dollars oh well they they didn't have any serial numbers so Volkswagen needed a place to to use these cars. So $4,500 paid for all our entry uh, to every race. And we pretty much wow. followed the Trans Am series. So we got to go to all these great tracks like Mid Ohio and, uh, you know, Sears Point, Riverside. Uh, we went to Curacao and raced in, wow. on the island down there. And so I was 17. I turned 18 halfway through the se- uh, series. So that was really my first real racing that I, I did. Yeah. Well, you talked yeah. about starting early. My great nephew, Spanky Williamson is his name. <laughs> he's been driving since like five or six. And I think he's about yeah. 10 now. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they live and breathe it. Like every weekend they're out, they're in North Carolina. So they're going up and down the coast, just yeah. hitting every race they can. Yeah. So, and he's yeah. maybe 10, I think. Yeah. 10 Did 11. you get in the car with him once? I got in a go-kart <laughs> with him like last fall and he drove me around their property and I was a little scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that experience too. And my brother had a ranch in Texas and same thing. Their kids grew up. They actually get, were able to race quarter midgets in Texas um, at, you know, five, six years old. And there, but I would drive with them when they were, you know, my niece, she was, I remember like nine at the time and she's driving me around the ranch in a car. I'm like going, you're nuts. I mean, I was, I was, but she knew what she was doing right yeah well he's he's normally a sweet kid but when he got behind that wheel his eyes changed yeah i'm like yeah. Yeah, dead serious so, yeah. the great thing about the quarter midgets i remember going to a couple of their races and you know they're fierce competitors i mean they really get get going but then the race is over and they all go and play and oh, yeah they're all buddies they're all like yeah. it's a little big family yeah so pretty awesome yeah yeah okay we're gonna we were, I guess, last summer we were up at Pikes Peak, mm-hmm. and we're going up in the tour bus. In the it's a big school bus, basically. Yeah. And they're telling us they're telling us about the international hill climb. Mm-hmm. People are racing up this mountain, and it it was sketchy in our bus. Yeah. Have you tried to do switchbacks on Pikes Peak in a tour bus? Nope. Like, and here's the crazy thing: it's a school bus. No thanks. Number one. <laughs> number two. Whenever I go up slow. And that's when I'm more scared. Really? Okay. Going up Pikes Peak because you're actually looking around. Yeah. Going, oh, if I go off here, that could happen. Or if I do this yeah. here, this could happen. When you're going up in racing condition, it's just a it's just a racetrack. You are know? you so focused that you you don't notice anything around you? You do you do a little bit. You know, you're just yeah. making sure nothing's gonna jump out and things like that, but you're pretty much looking at the road. in front of you i mean in your you know there are some places where you you kind of need to be careful of um you know where there's you know especially when the the weather changes so much up there it could be sunny on the bottom and 
raining in the middle and snowing up top or any combination of that. So yeah. you always just kind of kind of have to be aware of what's around the next corner. But um, when you're when you're driving up at speed, you're a little bit you're you're a lot more focused and you don't really worry about the drop offs or the or the trees <laughs> or anything like that. Which to me, I think that the uh, you know the top is looks more daunting because you don't you don't have any uh you know depth of like you can't see the trees so yeah. you just sky yeah. and on the bottom you know if you go off you're hitting trees and or rocks you yeah. know your 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 impact's going to be a lot more sudden mm -hmm. so i find that the bottom more dangerous wow than up top yeah. and you know i did have a big accident there in 2012 um, where my throttle stuck wide open, um, just off the start. Up here, tell them to get up here. Somebody tell them to move up here. I went through nine trees and uh, wow. yeah, well, I cut five and half and knocked four over. What? I, was, I was knocked out and they airlifted me out. But I mean, luckily I wasn't, you know, I didn't really have any major injuries, just some stitches and I was really contorted and took months of getting straightened out. But um, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was scary and found out that the trees, um, up there are a little forgiving. They're they're kind of soft. <laughs> if you, if there is a way, way you, you know, <laughs> you know, you you don't you hit an oak tree and you hit an oak tree, but you hit yeah. these trees and they they kind of they give a little bit, but so funny. which is good. Yeah, so it's good, but it's not fun. <laughs> so on the bottom of Pikes Peak, you're going to hit trees, and on the top, you might just end up in Cripple Creek. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which would have been fun. We used to have a house there. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, no, my parents used to live there. Oh, really? That's yeah, they, cool. they ran the Cripple Creek Coffee Shop right there and right across the open air theater, like right there. That's awesome. My, that my parents place. bought a couple houses there and they would go there on the weekend, uh -huh. sometimes stay a week. Yeah. Um, before they bought it like, the year before gambling started and oh, funny. They, they kept it for about 10 years. And okay. We actually worked on our car, our race car during Pikes Peak Week in 93 there okay. and would travel to pike it was a little bit of a yeah. commute morning, but you know yeah we, okay we had our honeymoon on we, cripple creek in cripple creek yeah my, really? my, my aunt and uncle owned this house in cripple creek estates um and we were there in 92 yeah. for our honeymoon we stayed oh, in this house and then they kind of finished the house and moved in my aunt and uncle did and then my parents bought it later and i don't when they sell it like they were there about 10 years i think yeah so but when did they sell it like about 10 years ago yeah, right no, 10 or 15 years ago yeah. yeah that's that's cool that's, cool little town you know yeah. it's you, you ever go down the mine you know yes pretty cool yeah you know. With the crazy guides that you think have, have probably yeah. been in too many explosions <laughs> down at the bottom. Yeah. It was just amazing how they talked about those like 300 miles of tunnels down there, like right. all yeah. these escape routes. And uh, yeah, very interesting, very cool place. I had a casino sponsor me for about four years up there. Yeah. And uh, so we'd go up there during Pikes Peak week and do a little promo. And um, But yeah, it's a cool town. I like but, it. So wait, you think they're crazy? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would not be down there. No way. Okay. Putting I mean, yeah. we, yeah. we you do so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm crazy, but I can. I can control most of it, except yeah. for the throttle sticks. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's there are certain things that, like, I, I, I find a lot of people what they do just crazy that I wouldn't do. But yeah, vice versa, they probably think the same. Yeah. But. Well, and we've talked to other daredevils in quotes, and I think they're usually the most prepared person. Like they don't go in just, oh, I'm gonna go do this. They yeah. prepare months and months to go yeah. do these things. So yeah. We're doing this now. We the car um well, I, I raced a different car last year. Um, so my car's been in on display for the last year. 
Um, and we just took it out of, it was at a go-kart track in Denver podium karting. And we, we have, a, my brother has his Winston cup car there from 96 and my dad's has his modified there. And, and, uh, uh, I had my hill climb car there, which was a great place. We took it out and it's begun. And we're like, like, oh, we'll just put it, we'll take it out and we'll, you know, start it up and go. Well, no, all of a sudden the fuel system was corroded because of the methanol was sitting in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden all these can of worms are opening up. So we have a lot of work to do. Sure. And it's, yeah, it started in full swing. So we want to be on the track or on a racetrack testing beginning of May. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. Amazing. Which, you know, it's. It's still, well, I got really one guy just working on it right now. Um, Jonathan's my, my crew chief and, you know, he's has his day job. So at night he works on it at night. So. Oh, wow. Have you been to the Peterson museum? I have. Yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah. It's really cool. We just went there over Christmas. We went up there over there and took a tour. I mean, it was, it's got so many cool cars in it. It's really, really cool. Yeah. There's also a really cool muse- museum over here in Gateway, Colorado. Oh, really? Oh, really? Um, it's, which is basically on the border of Colorado and Utah. Okay. And it's a resort about an hour from Grand Junction. And it's the uh, the guy that started the Discovery Channel. And he's a cousin, I believe, of Rick Hendrick. Oh. And he has a in the middle of this, you know, middle of nowhere basically has this car museum and they're all like one-off cars. Like he's probably has $300 million in cars. I mean, it's just oh, crazy man. what he has. It's, it's gorgeous. It's worth, if you're ever in the area, it's worth, worth huh. checking out. Okay. That's okay. Good. Yeah. We definitely need to check yeah, that out. For sure. Yeah. Oh, Gateway Canyons. Yeah. Gateway Canyon. <laughs> that's on the list now for sure. Yep. That's right. Okay. So We've talked about the hill climb, which you've won like six times, right? Have you won? Uh, 11. 11? Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> my data was way off. Well, so I've won, won every time you go. I've won three over, three, three times overall. Yeah. And I've had 11 total class wins. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, a lot of second places and a few DNFs. But uh, yeah, so my, my record up there is, is pretty good. And yeah. I, I don't know, the hill climb thing just... I took a I I took a liking to it right away. Um, I was a little nervous at first when I did it, and I, I just fell in love with it. And this was when it was all dirt, and uh, I just picked it up. I won the overall one overall my third year and broke the overall record on my third year. So wow. um, I, I took to it pretty fast. So are they going to rename the race after you? <laughs> no, because you have the answers and you have the millions. Okay, yeah, and you yeah. have the bashful. You have, you have a lot of people that there. won a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I got, we, we did get put into the Hall of Fame last year, which was cool the, as the awesome. family. And uh, so that was that was quite an honor. And and uh, and I, I have two more years to do, to get to my 30th year. Wow. Yeah, some years I haven't done every year. Um due to doing other racing series or we went to Goodwood a couple times to the Goodwood Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we just skipped a couple years, but I'm going to run this year in my open wheel car. And then next year, I'm probably going to run for Gail Banks. He's building a truck or he actually has a truck, but he wants to break the diesel record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were going to do that this year, but he couldn't get the, the truck ready in time. So I went back to my car. And um, so probably after my 30th year, I'll be, I'll be done. Yeah. So you have two more wins and then you're done. What's been your favorite car that you've driven up the hill? Oh yeah. I gotta say the car that I have right now, uh, I really, it, it's, it's a Wells. John Wells used to build the most of the open wheelers in the seventies and eighties. And that's when it was dirt. So when they started switching the, the, the road, to pavement. I don't know if you know the history, but it took them 12 years to pave it. And they did like a, a mile a year, but they didn't do a mile um, consecutive. They do like the bottom mile and they did the middle and they did the top and they, they kind of broke it up. So it was really tricky through those years. So through the years, as they were paving it more, we changed this car um, to more of a road race car. Um, so it's not the perfect car to race up there because it's yeah. You know, we're taking a dirt car and converting it, 
Yeah. But we put an IndyCar gearbox in it. We have IndyCar suspension, uh, all carbon fiber bodywork, and we did built our own wings. And now I'm running a, a Buick V6 twin turbo engine that was an IndyCar engine back in the 90s. It was yeah. the last generation Buick. So it's really my favorite car in many ways. It's it's unique, number one. Number two, it's really fun to drive. Yeah, okay. It's pretty forgiving. It's not too spooky. Um, and it's I just really enjoy it. And every year as I'm working up to the race, I'm like, why why am I doing this? Because it's there's a lot of work going involved in it and not making any money doing this. <laughs> and uh and then when I'm driving up there on race day, you go, ah, oh, this is why I do it. It's just I mean, so you love it. Yeah. It's yeah. so much fun. You know, you, you have the crowd, you know, there and um you just you you're driving up a a country road basically as fast as you can. I mean, how many times you get to do that legally? I, it's like Dixon Hazard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. And that's a great thing about Pikes Peak. It's a, it's really the last race where you can design a car on a napkin and basically go compete against a factory effort. Um, right. Even if it's in a different class, you're on, like when we were up there and Sebastian Loeb came in with the Peugeot or Romain Dumas came with the Volkswagen, a $40 million effort. And here we have a $20,000 budget. Yeah. And we're on the same road as them racing. Yeah competing and finishing in the top five or top three overall, even though you were just racing with our class, but with any luck, we, you know, if they have, you know, mechanical issues or what, you can win it overall. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do that anymore. Indy used to be like that where guys used to build their cars in their basement or their garage and, and then take it to Indy and, and compete. Well, everything is a spec series anymore. So Indy cars, it's the same chassis. Yeah. Fast car is basically the same chassis. Um, you know, any kind of formula car series, it's all a spec series. And this is one true grassroots meets factory race that still exists in the world. And that's that's the great thing about it. Wow, that's cool. Okay, so speaking of a different type of race, you've done pretty well in the 24 hours of Daytona. <laughs> so what's the how do you What's your mindset going into that? A totally different race where you you're doing this marathon race. So well, what's that like? Yeah. The 24 hours is one of my favorite races. And um, you know, you gotta be you have to compromise the car setup with, with your co-drivers and you're trying to, you know, so it's a lot of give and take. Um and back in the 80s when you know 80s and early 90s it wasn't a sprint race like it is now. I mean, everybody's running qualifying speeds, um, you know, every lap. Mm -hmm. And you saw the race this year, I'm sure, where, you know, you saw the P2 class, they finished side by side mm -hmm. after 24 hours. Um, you know, back in my day, it was, it was always like, if you, if you won by a lap, it was, that was a really close race. Um, but I really loved it. I loved it. You got so much seat time. Daytona is a fairly easy track to drive. Um, but back in the 80s and 90s, there, there weren't any lights like there are now. I think I noticed this year they, they didn't have the lights on as much, but um, they did go for like 15 years where they lit the whole place up. And it made it, I think I thought it made it too easy, um, especially because you couldn't see who was coming behind you in the dark. You just saw headlights. Yeah. yeah, we ran back in the early days in the GTO class. So we were like in the middle of the class of so the GTU cars were slower. We were here and then the, the GTP cars. So you were passing cars and being passed at the same time. Um, it was very challenging. Um, and then when I moved to the prototypes, um, you know, you were on the same speed as everybody else. But and the cars were getting better and you were running harder all the time. And now the cars are just I mean they're lasting and the, the competition is amazing. But I always did Sebring in, in Daytona. If I usually got a Daytona ride, I'd get a Sebring ride. And those two races were just, they were so much fun. I just loved yeah. it. And, you know, you're sometimes you're racing, your teammate is a guy that you were a fierce competitor with in another series and now you're working together. Right. And um, that part of it was fun too. 
Oh, yeah. I can sit. Rebecca's sitting here like you love driving. I think you're going to be a race car driver after this. No, I've I've thought, you know, like if I had like a second career, I would be a race car. I always went at pole position growing up. Well, you were going to ask him if does that qualify you? Does that qualify me for anything? Because I feel like really, I mean, if we're in a hurry or if we're going to be in traffic, I'm driving. Oh, definitely. It's yeah. And so I, I love it. I think my dad taught me some things very well about. Yeah about uh centrifugal force and <laughs> well you know the, the the great thing about pole position is if you crash you get a new car right away that's exactly you right yeah you don't have a headache but you don't have to pay for it that's right another quarter in but that's what i say about i racing i i talk to you know i think i racing is so cool but people are like oh it's just like racing i'm like no it's really not you know they said if you were to crash your iRacing car and I was to stand behind you with a baseball bat and hit you in the head and uh, hand you a bill for $100,000, then it might be more it like It might be similar. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. I think I'm yeah. probably too old for a second career at this point. Yeah. But you, so you go from all the racing and then all of a sudden you're, you're into stunt driving or how did that come about? Or how well, did you just like go try out for these things or what? No, it was dumb luck. I was in the right place at the right time. I was working in a ski shop in Snowmass, Colorado. Okay. And um, uh, Johnny Unser and Bobby Unser Jr., who we've known forever. And Johnny actually was my teammate in Daytona in 91 and 92. Uh-huh. And with Celine, when I raced for Celine in 89, he was my teammate. So we were friends and all, and he was in the in the stunt driving business so they came to aspen to shoot a commercial and they realized they needed another driver so instead of flying somebody in they just came and asked me they said hey do you want to can you take off work and you know we'll get you your screen actors guild card which is really hard to get i didn't know anything about it yeah (laughs) so i said yeah i'll you know i'll do it and then um i did it and it was first of all it was very fun second the paycheck was way better <laughs> uh, uh, third, I just it just was like driving in the snow on edge. It, it was where my skill base was mm-hmm. in this particular commercial, and it just kind of went from there. So I, yeah, very hard. Even though I got started on it without you know me even trying, but just trying to get the work after that was very hard. It took about six years because mm-hmm. it's a very small circle of people. Yeah. Nobody wants to give up the work. Nobody wants to bring anybody else in because you're basically taking jobs away because there's not that many jobs. Yeah. And um, so I hit it with, I did this Audi job in um, uh, 1997. Here's another dumb luck. If you got a second, it's it's a funny story. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Zwart, who races Pikes Peak and is a film director. Um, he lives in Aspen. And I come up behind this pickup truck coming down back from Pikes Peak and he doesn't want me passing him. And, you know, we, we start racing. He didn't know it was me. I didn't know it was him. We get to Aspen and he's like, ah, oh, I should have known it was you. And I didn't really know him that well. And I was like, you know, I go, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm going to Germany tomorrow. He goes, I got a big, big film project over there. I said, Hey, I'm SAG now. So if you ever need another driver, yeah. let me know. Yeah. So he went over there. Rod Millen was supposed to go, but he couldn't go because he had a an illness in the family. And Jeff, I was just in Jeff's mind that he saw me and said, "Oh, Paul's available." So they called me. I flew to Germany. Oh my goodness! The next day, and I did uh, a week long Audi commercial. Wow. Well, that I've been doing Audi ever since. Wow. So. I've done probably 95% of all the Audi commercials, including tomorrow. We're shooting here in Aspen. Oh, wow. That's cool. We're since then. So it's a snowball thing. Once you do that, then you get another one. You meet a director. You meet a, you know, and it it snowballs. It's just being at the right place at the right time. Being at the right place at the right time. And, you know, I, I had some really fun commercials, a lot of Super Bowl commercials. And... And then the movies I, I do, but I, I tend not to do them at a choice because um, you have to be away for, for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just got back from Italy. I was in Italy for seven weeks oh, where wow. we shot um, a new movie 
about Ferrari. Oh. And I was, uh, it, they, I think the title of the, the movie is going to be called Ferrari. When we were over there, it was called Enzo Ferrari. Oh. Um, and I was doubling um, uh, Patrick Dempsey. So uh, although Patrick did most of his driving, um, the character that he played um, was a true story about the, the late 50s uh, Ferrari. Um, the winner of the race was uh, Piero Taruffi, and he was blonde. So Patrick had to bleach his hair, and I had to bleach my hair. Oh. <laughs> so I had blonde hair up until about three weeks ago. Um, but Let's find some pictures of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're they're on Instagram. You can see. Okay. <laughs> So I bleached my hair. I didn't know that till I got over there. Um, Cause when I, before I went over there, they said, you're going to play Fangio. Well, Fangio is a big guy. So I didn't diet or do anything. Or, and then I go over there and I'm like, okay, you're not being Fangio. You're going to be this guy. And I was like, and I'm trying to fit in the same clothes as Patrick. <laughs> it's like, this doesn't quite work. You know, I should have been on a diet, but uh, <laughs> it, it was fun. And I drove a lot of cars and they were all original uh, cars except the actual Ferraris that we were in the race because we were cr you know crashing some of them but um a lot of the cars were the original 1950s cars and it was it was it was amazing uh, yeah. Michael Mann was the director and uh um it's going to be out in late late the summer okay it, it was cool I you know like I said I stay away from movies but this was in Italy, I was like, yeah, yeah seven weeks in Italy, yeah. not a bad gig. Let's go. So <laughs> then after that, I was asked to go and do Gran Turismo, which would have meant I would have had to go from Italy to Budapest. And then they went to Germany and they went to Dubai and all that. But it wouldn't have got me back until Christmas. And I, I just I couldn't be away that long. My mom has Alzheimer's and my you know, I have to I want to be close to my my family at this this yeah. time. I just couldn't do another two months. Yeah, I don't blame you on that. So the commercials are great because they're two or yeah. three days. Sometimes they're longer, yeah. but they're you're in and out and it's it's done. Yeah. So you just did the Kia Binky yeah. Dad Binky. yes, the Binky yeah. Dad commercial, which I thought was like the best yeah. commercial ever. Checking in? Yes. You remembered her favorite Binky, right? Binky. You forgot the Binky? I forgot the Binky. Tragic. Hashtag Binky Dad. OMG, guys, he forgot the Binky. Hey, it's Binky Dad. Hey, go away, go away. Our top story. A father has forgotten Binky, but he's capturing hearts. Binky Dad needs an escort. Thank you, Dad. You're my hero. Binky. She only likes the blue one. Kia. Movement that inspires. Tell us about that shoot. Was that, where did that take place? Yeah. So it was Greg Tracy, who's another stunt driver and another Pikes Peak guy. He's yeah. one Pikes Peak uh, on motorcycle and car. Um, we were both driving in that. So we had two units going. So he'd be filming one area, I'd be filming another because they were they're trying to put a lot of these shoots. You try to do, um, you know, five days of work in the three days. So if you have two units going, you can film just as much. Uh -huh. um, so we filmed that out in California and um, it was a blast. I mean, it was the Kia Telluride and, um, you know, did some, did some fun stuff, you know, drove on some snowy roads and down ski slopes and, uh, shot out of a cannon. That type yeah. of thing. It, was, uh, it was pretty cool. Greg actually did that part, but it was, uh, it was, uh, it was fun. And I knew it was going to be a good spot because the guy, the director, um, his name is Dante. He, uh, I've done all the, I did the Hummer stuff with him on the Hummer launch and he's, he was really good. He only does big shoots. So yeah, um, it was going to be a good one. But. Yeah. That's, um, we drove a Kia Telluride when we went to LA. We did Turo. Have you ever done Turo? No. You know, Turo, we, we, is, Turo is like, uh, 
car rental, like an Airbnb. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. we show up at the at the LAX um, airport, and this guy. I mean, we had done we'd signed up for Turo, and he just said, you know, tell me when you're at baggage claim. He sends me a message on the app. We're like, we're at baggage claim. He said, when you get your bags, step outside. I mean, basically, we stepped outside. He he came he out pulled up in the car. He came out of the shadows yeah. like Batman, tapped me on the shoulder, <laughs> handed me the keys. I showed him my ID. We get in the car and leave. And it was a 22 Telluride, uh, which was my oh. week-long test drive, by the way. Yeah. Like, I like that car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we came back, same thing. I mean, we just pulled in. He, he comes from somewhere and we hand the keys back and we walk inside of the ticket counter. It was a beautiful thing. But Audi, Audi, you talked about doing this years ago. I mean, I know they have silver car, which is a rental deal, but yes. the, I was doing a commercial once the guy, the head of advertising was telling me that they wanted to do that with the, the Audis. And I, at the time I had an RS seven, uh-huh. he was just like, he goes, uh, would would you do that? I said no. Said, I'm not letting me. But I mean, yeah. I'm not going to hand my you know 600 horsepower car to somebody that I don't know. Yeah. I was just like, it's not interesting to me. Like to get that money back, it's like it's not to me. It wasn't worth it. So I have uh, I have a hard time thinking of driving somebody else's car. You know, yeah. it's different because you have insurance yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. know, or, you know we don't people treat rental cars like they treat yeah that's what i was afraid of is that people are going to treat my car like it's wrong Turo does offer like extra insurance and stuff like that if you want it but you know it 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 was it's a fun deal for us like and people are my clients i'm a hairdresser my clients are like if i was ever going to buy a car i would go Turo one for because you can yeah. hand pick you know exactly what you want that's cool. I, I, yeah. I might need to try Denver it. Denver Airport was a little different. I guess they, there's some airports that don't allow like tour drivers to come in. So we had to take the shuttle to the parking. And then when you walked into like where the budget counter and everything is, there's a there's just like a lockbox on the wall. It's Turo lockboxes. Punch in a code. Key pops out. Walk outside. We went. We did a Ford Sport, a Bronco Sport. Yeah. Um. Just. You get to pick the car. You get to. It is picking, you are picking the exact car you're going to have. Pictures of it and everything. That's great. Tons and tons of Teslas on there. Tons of Teslas. Yeah. yeah. But I knew that when we went, just for example, I knew when we went to Denver, we won four wheel drive. So, or at least all wheel drive. So we, you know, could, you could easily filter that out. I mean, you are picking the exact car you're getting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I think the next time we should go, we should just call Paul and see if he'll let us borrow one. Three hours away, though, from Denver. I, I, I got the impression the guy in LA, I think he owned probably 10 or 12 cars. Like, yeah. this is yeah. his job. So, it's probably his business. Like, yeah. yeah. Not like handing over his own personal ride. He must yeah. have, you know, so he's got a fleet, is what he has. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Seems yeah. like a lot of work, though, you know, dropping the cars off at certain I know. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, I guess yeah. that's all you do all day, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to talk about maybe my favorite movie of all time. That's, that's big news for me because I'm is, a big movie, movie buff. He is. So it's Ford versus Ferrari. drivers on that so tell us how that project came up and if there's anything memorable you remember on that set and how that worked yeah so one thing you know like what i said to earlier i was doing an audi commercial in in uh la with greg tracy in an rs7 and he was in something it was a christmas spot where we were uh racing to a parking spot Uh um and the stunt coordinator on that is i met him on that job and he was the stunt coordinator on Ford versus Ferrari. So from that job, that Audi job, he's like, 
hey, I would love to have you on this project that I might get. So a year later, he got the project and, you know, did the, did it. It was, it was really cool, mainly because I love the story. Wow. Uh, you know, I read the book, Go Like Hell. And, you know, so I, I knew everything about the story. And um, I got a picture of Dan Gurney's spraying champagne from that era <laughs> that he signed to my dad. Uh, but we did most of the filming in, in uh, California. Mm -hmm. um, did go to Georgia, filmed quite a bit there. Um, the scenes that were filmed in Europe were, we weren't a part of. Um, the pit area was amazing. Agua Dulce Airport in California. It's a private airport, which I filmed commercials there many times. Yeah. We built a replica of the pit area. Wow. Oh, wow. $4 million build. And they had everything from the light switches to the, the, the light bulbs and everything was identical to what Le Mans 66 was yeah. um the cars were mostly replicas we did have uh, a few um of the real ones but since they're you know millions of dollars we weren't really allowed to to race next to each other with them so uh they did the, the people that built the cars did a an amazing job they looked amazing uh, all the interior shots we used the real car but the exterior you know, we were using the the kit cars. Um, the car that I was, I mean, I drove about seven different cars in the movie. Um, everything from the opening scene when we were, when he left the, the doctor's office and we were, we were driving some old cars um, to uh, the, the main part that I did was the Daytona race. And yeah. I was the Haskins car. So I was the green and white car um, that got passed at the very, on the last lap. So yeah. doing that whole sequence was, was really fun. Um, we shot that in, in Fontana, um, which I was, I don't know why we didn't go to Daytona. I, thought, I guess it was cost, but it was like, would have been nice to do Daytona. It was the same. Yeah. Thing. You're in Daytona, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're in Daytona and it would have looked more like Daytona than it, than it did. But uh, uh, yeah, it was great because we were racing, you know, uh, forget his name. Um, but anyway, that we we ended up racing, I mean, doing driving with all race drivers. So they're all guys that I raced with. So um, throughout the years that I raced against, they all came in for this. They wanted race drivers for this. They didn't want the Hollywood stunt, like over-exaggeration type of driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they wanted race drivers. So they hired all race drivers, even if they weren't really in the business. So a lot of guys that came and did the filming weren't, weren't really film people yeah. um and so it was fun hanging out with with uh with buddies and stuff like that and, and just setting up the scenes were a lot of fun we'd get them like a playbook with your car and it would say show the moves of the day and <laughs> you needed to know everybody else's moves so that you know everybody was in sync yeah. and we would do some rehearsals and do several so several filming scenes from different angles yeah. and things like that but um you know the movie world is definitely slower the commercial world is like bang 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 you know one or two shots move on to the next scene where the movie scene you can work on one scene it might may take a whole day yeah we're um, just doing it over and over and getting exactly things right i didn't work with the i didn't communicate with the director much just the stunt coordinator yeah, yeah. Um, mostly mostly what we uh who we worked with um, in the same with, uh, on the Ferrari movie, you know, we didn't have a second unit so much. So it was all, we, we were trying to integrate our driving with the acting. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times we'd have to reshoot because they would change lines, you yeah. know, speaking lines, or they would screw up the lines or something like yeah. that. Um, but as far as like, you know, working with the actors, uh, Christian Bale was doing, a lot of his own driving. Yeah, I was so, going to ask you if Matt Damon and he did a lot of their driving. So. Matt Damon didn't do much. Greg Tracy, you know, you know, I keep bringing his name up. He he doubled Matt Damon and a lot of that stuff. Uh, but uh, Christian Bale did. Um, Tony Hunt did. Um, he's another driver that uh, he was doubling him on a lot of the stuff. But a lot of the pit sequences and stuff Christian was doing. 
So he would come in the pits and then they would do the dialogue and, and all that. So, uh, and he was into it. He went to the schools and, uh, you know, tried to learn as much as he, he could. Um, but you know, they're in their own little world, you know, the, the actors, you know, they're trying to figure out the driving and the lines at the same time. We're just doing the driving. So yeah. uh, we try to let them be at their own. If they come up and talk to us, you know, we, we would talk to them and yeah. try not to bother. So. Right. so when you're like practicing, do you do it? Like, are you going to be like, we're going to go at 30 miles an hour and do yeah. the whole, like everything's in slow-mo before you, you walk through it first. Okay. So like, we walk and kind of you're in the car and you just walk it through the pit lane and then um, we'll set it up on the track and then we'll, we'll do it slow and then we'll ramp up the speeds and do the timing, especially if there's a lot of close calls. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We'll, try to, we'll try to work up to it and, and do the, do it properly. Yeah. And when it comes to the wrecks, you know, you usually have one chance to wreck the car properly yeah. So, That's so a thing to say. That, so yeah. that takes a lot of like evil Knievel style, like go up to the ramp and then back, you know, you know, yeah. like, the ramp. Uh, so you're doing that, you're doing the build up, build up. And then, cause once you crash the car, that's it, you know, right. you're not yeah. crashing it again. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of coordination and, um, it's, it's uh, it's different. It's different. It, like I said, I I prefer the commercials, but yeah. I am up to doing one movie a year, uh, if it's interesting enough. Um, yeah. I'm not into crashing cars, like that's not my deal. They have the stunt guys that want to do that. I'm more into the performance part of it, the driving part. Need for Speed was another one I did. We did a ton of driving, and actually, I was a character in that movie. I was uh, like. They showed me driving my face. I didn't have any lines, but it was, uh, I was Johnny V in that movie. And we just drove up and down the Florida coast, uh, Florida coast, California coast. Um, that was some pretty hairy stuff. Yeah. So in your final That's sequence so cool. for the Ford versus Ferrari, how, how fast would y'all end up going for your final? Oh, we were going about 120 to 130 miles an hour so it was pretty fast it's about as fast as those cars that we were driving um uh, really you wanted to go yeah, yeah um because they weren't equal either yeah. so one car was always better than the other and the tires were different and i remember going out in ford uh, on ford versus Ferrari at pontana one day and the car was good i got in the sun the car the, the next day and the car's like moving around crazy on the road i'm like what what is going on yeah and i look get out of the car and they put snow tires on the car <laughs> i'm like going these are mud and snows why are they on the car and they said well they they have the the right stripes on them and i'm like i can't drive the car the car's <laughs> moving one lane without me even knowing it at 120 miles an hour i said uh, yeah that's not good go back so they did and the car was better so um yeah the cars are never equal no matter what, you know, it's, that's the tricky part. Yeah. So especially if you're in the back and you're trying to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You mentioned in your scene, you're in the 95 car and you're a competitor. So, you know, you're supposed to lose is, do you have a moment where that I'm going to mess so up hard. this take and just win? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There might have been some takes like that, but no, uh, there you was still getting a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> We did that scene, that last lap scene, probably 50 laps. Ooh. Oh my gosh. We're, and we would reset and do it again. Yeah. The timing had to be just right. and The camera angles were wrong and, and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, these, I don't think some of these people have a sense of humor as much as we do, but <laughs> just get the job done the way you're told. And, right, right, yeah, you know, yeah, here's your paycheck. <laughs> So have you experienced any like really scary, I, I mean, you told us about Pike's Peak, but like sometimes where you were like, hey, that was really scary. And then also, how do you handle that fear? Like, how do you get back in that seat? Well, well it's different with racing than it is in the stunt world. And in, in racing, the, the fear comes at that moment. Like, oh no, um, you know, something's happening at that moment and you just deal with it then. Um, commercials are, 
sometimes they put you or ask you to do stuff or movies also that you might think in the back of your mind, like this is, this is not going to end well. And you have to say something, Yeah, you know, and even if you, they have to do another take or whatever, you just say, I think we should do it this way. And, and that's where, you know, you, you really have to speak up because a director is just looking at the camera like this right? and they have a matchbox car or a phone and they go, Hey, Paul, can you do this? You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because he can do it with his matchbox car. They think that you can do it there. And you're like, well, it doesn't work that way. And yell, you know, it's almost like a negotiation sometimes yeah. where, where you're talking to them. But I've been put into some situations where I've definitely had to say, I don't think we should do this. Um, and not only the safety of me, but the safety of other people are, around us but um if you if you just say yeah i'll do this i'll do that you're going to get yourself hurt or somebody else hurt so um in the racing world it's you know when i crashed in uh, 2012 um i came back the next year uh reese millen um let me drive his hyundai and i won that race and broke the class record Uh uh so short memory yeah Yeah. That part. And the skid mark on the road, you can actually still see up to the years later. You could still it's it gets a little less each year, but it was it was uh it was there every year. I'd go up there, I'd be like, there it is, you know. And once you get you don't really even think about it, you know. If it was my fault, I would have questioned if I should do it again. But since it was a mechanical failure, Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything I did. You know, yeah. Chances of that happening again are yeah. pretty rare. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's your what's been your favorite car to drive? My first car was a '68 Mustang three speed, and yeah. the apple red. I love that car, and I love driving with a stick shift. No doubt about it. Uh, so, what? My I- first car was my, pretty close. My car was first car, which I loved, was a '67 Camaro. Okay. Yeah. It was uh, like an orange color. Yeah. I wish I still had it. Yes, I, I wish I still had my Mustang. Um, a car I want to own is like a 71 to 70, well, let's say 70 to 72 Stingray. Okay. Oh, yeah. that car. I just love the, the, that era of car, of Corvette. Yeah. Um, as far as all the new cars, they're also fun to drive. Yeah. Um, and some of them are too easy to drive. <laughs> um, you know they have so much they drive for you that driver aids that you get sideways it straightens it up for you and it kind of yeah. takes fun out of yes. driving every time i get in my car and it's snowing the first thing i do is i turn the traction control off mm-hmm. and you know i want the car to slide a little bit or you know feel it and, <laughs> and all these cars nowadays and it actually makes the commercials harder too because there are, there are hardly any cars with the e-brake like this yeah. anymore. It's all electronic, but yeah. actually to do 180s is harder. Can't do that. Um, yeah. But just everything is just so electronically controlled to dumb down the driver. Yes. Um, it's not that fun. So I prefer the older cars. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as far as like a car that if I had unlimited money or like, I'd like, I'd love to drive that Bugatti, the oh. new Bugatti. You know, that thing is just, you know, so nice just so fast and so expensive i'd love to do that but um yeah the older cars are are uh, something i prefer you know if i would like say okay i'm gonna get this car be yeah i remember the first time i was actually driving home that 68 mustang my parents had just bought it and my mom had had like a five-speed little truck little dodge pickup so i get in this the Mustang and I'm just driving through the town square. We lived in Georgia actually at the time and uh, stopped at a stoplight and I threw it in first because I was in my mom's truck, but in a three speed that's reverse. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up was reverse. And I was like, thank goodness nobody was behind me. Cause as soon as I started to go, I was like, wait, what? Oh yes. Okay. It's a uh, oh. reverse, you know, first is down. Okay. Below. You were what? 18, probably 17, 16. 16. So when you say I was about to go, you were probably about punching it, right? No, no? for sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of these old cars that we drove in in 
Italy, they were three on the tree and stuff yeah. like that. And you're like, okay. And you get thrown in the cars, like, Paul, go in that car, go in that car. You're like, what is this? Is this, yeah, uh, you got to figure it out. You, know, you got to figure it out right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're like shifting on the column and things like that. And it's, yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. I love it. The thing stuff. I don't miss about old cars is their dang heavy doors. Those doors, when yeah. they hit your leg, feel like a tank just hit you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they're they're you know I grew you know I grew up in the you know I grew grew up in the seventies and eighties, and it's just like those old cars are just you yeah. Know, I, miss I miss that, but yeah, uh, so they're a lot safer now. That's the only good thing. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely okay this is a question that i'm about to ask that i've wanted to ask a professional driver forever <laughs> yeah okay when you're in regular traffic <laughs> like every day you're you know just going through the neighborhood or whatever do you have that moment where there's a traffic jam or something and you're like i need to pretend i'm on set <laughs> just and i need to i need to i need to do what i need to do <laughs> so do you ever have those urges to not oh every every day <laughs> um, you know you think of yes all, every day but I'm pretty mellow on the road yeah. until I'm messed with yeah. and then, um, you know I just I tried I try to be calm and and all that and the, the, I, I was just commenting on this two days ago to my best friend that the uh everybody's driving very aggressive these days right, and yeah. Yeah, you know they yeah. tailgate and they short break and they cut you off and there's like no regard yeah. and it used to not be like that at least here and um now it's just becoming crazy and i try to bite my tongue yeah um because uh, you know my background and my training was all started when my dad uh used to teach a and at the time it was, it was an anti-terrorist class up in aspen this was in the 80s so that's really i learned how to do Reverse 180s, forward 180s, go, you know, we used to teach Navy SEALs, uh, policemen, bodyguards, we go through roadblocks and stuff like that. I mean, I could put you in the river on your <laughs> head without putting a scratch on my car. Right, yeah. I wish these people would know that when yeah. they're not <laughs> like, if you only knew, yeah, you're messing with the wrong person. But exactly. you know, I, I try to like restrain myself, but once in a while it's just like, oh. I was thinking, I want to be in the car with you when there's some road rage happening. I just yeah. want to be in the car with you. Yeah, and I did notice whenever I drive my pickup truck, nobody messes with me, and it's weird. It's just like, but when I'm in my, I have an S5 Audi. It's my mm -hmm. daily driver. It's like every day, they just don't, you know, they don't care. You know, I just. Uh, I only knew. I could just see you glancing over going, do you know who I am? Yeah. You know? I, that's what I want to say. But yeah, it's like, yeah. if you really knew, like, I would I wouldn't pick a fight with a martial arts guy, right. you know, but yeah. I don't know if you're an art martial arts guy. Right, yeah. exactly. Don't that's... mess with the professional driver. <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh, goodness. That'll make me wonder if I'm like pissed off at the car next to me. If they are a professional driver, I should probably watch myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, but, it's, yeah. Uh, it's frustrating sometimes, especially going between here and Denver. It's yes. you know, a million more people that have moved to Colorado in the last yeah. three years. Yeah, those aren't any different. So there, there's just that many more people on the roads, and it's, it's pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're right. People are a little more out of sorts these days. I don't know if it's just it's been since yeah, aggressive COVID or yeah. whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. We appreciate you using your superpower for good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's all good. But yes. uh, yeah, I mean, I, just in the future, you know, I. We're on the movie stuff. I want to get back to this real quick that there are a lot of racing movies coming up. And oh, awesome. uh, Robert Nagel, who is our the stunt coordinator on Ford versus Ferrari and Ferrari, is possibly doing some other, uh, some more stuff with Ferrari movie, not Ferrari movies, but a Ferrari Netflix series. Oh, cool. Uh, might be coming up in filming next fall. Um, and I, that's the stuff I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Go and do. Yeah do stuff that's really interesting projects, not just a Transformers movie where you're flipping a car. And, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Is it too late for me, Paul? Is it, should I give up on this stream? <laughs> I'm, I'm, never I'm, too late. Never too late. As long as you know it's it's a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and what, what if I want to start this hobby? What, where, where do I go? I mean, I can't just, well, we actually good. have a racetrack out here in Crescent where you can rent, a, you know, for a day or a couple hours or whatever, yeah. something, a Ferrari, Lamborghini, whatever. First thing I would do is I go to a three-day driving school. Um, those? Yes. <laughs> for my birthday this year. <laughs> so like Skip Arbor Racing School, there's the Bradford School, which is the old Bondurant School. They're in Phoenix. Okay. Um, I believe there's some schools there in in texas uh-huh. and you know three day three day school is going to cost you about twenty five hundred dollars and oh my gosh i used to teach at a racing school in mid-ohio yeah for, for uh, 12 years um and the first day is first morning's classroom and stuff like that and then they build you into the car second day a lot of driving third day it's all driving and you're wore out you're just like i'm done i'm i'm going home uh <laughs> And you'll be amazed how much you learn. You think you're a good driver until you do this. And then you realize you weren't. So because it's just little things here and there. And it's also, it'll be good for the everyday driving in your, you know, just driving down the road. You might react to something totally different after you went through the school that could save you from getting into an accident just by you know, knowing what the car is gonna do and how to get out of that situation. Yeah. I think I even if you don't race, I would suggest going to a racing school. I need to do this. And then if you wanted to do that, usually a lot of the racing series have or racing schools have racing series Mm. where you can just so you don't have to buy a race car. You don't have to do any of that. And you can just go and show up on the weekend and and uh, race and then go home. This don't have to trailer the car. You don't need a crew or anything. So. Oh my gosh, I love this so much. Well, I then when you're on the regular road, this. you could Rebecca can look over and go, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Do you know you know who you're messing with? Oh, yeah, sorry. exactly. <laughs> I love this. I didn't even know that existed. I think I'm we have. So, oh, yeah. Yes, total. I, I went. I went to Skip Barber Racing School in '84. It was uh, the day after the IndyCar race at Road America in Wisconsin. And uh, I went there with my dad was the official for IndyCar then. And uh, so I went and then I went to the school the next three days and I learned, I th- like I said, I thought I knew everything and yeah. I, I didn't know anything. Yeah. So, so is there ever going to be a Paul Dahlenbach school? Um, we've <laughs> talked about it. My brother really? and I talked about it and then we're just like, you know, if you get a manufacturer involved, uh-huh. it'd be easy and fun to do. But uh, if you have to buy all the cars and stuff like that, it gets yeah, pretty pricey. a lot of work. I'm at the end of my ropes here. I'm ready to retire. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah, a couple episodes ago, we interviewed a guy, they call him Indiana Mark, and he like really just goes to Turkey and like Egypt and all this and travel like he just off-roads himself on foot into all these archaeologists he's an archaeologist and so he's asked Scott if he wanted to go on one of these cool things with him so that's your big adventure right this is my big adventure I am totally doing this this you would would love it and I would have to do some research what's what's in Texas but Phoenix has a great school um and it's it's at the old Firebird racetrack mm-hmm. and they have everything from sedans to open wheel cars. So uh, you can take your pick. And uh, I have a couple, one of the instruct, one of the guys that uh, uh, was with us on Ferrari is one of the head instructors over there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, there, and that's the good, the good thing about Phoenix, just like Texas, you can go all year round. Yes. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's so sounds exciting. Like I know. That sounds yeah. good. You can go to spring training. I'm going to drive. Right, go. <laughs> yeah. Spring training. <laughs> that's all right. Paul, what's thank your, you so what, much. Your team. Uh, oh, it's the Rangers. Team? It's the, the Rangers. Texas Rangers. Yeah. Yes. What's yeah. your team? Well, we're the Rockies, and we're yeah. Yeah. always in last. But um, <laughs> we're kind of team. I go to I go to opening day every year, so I got to my opening yeah. day tickets, and um, well. Let's say I plan on going opening day every year because mm-hmm. usually commercials uh, come up last minute and they usually come up when I plan something. So, yeah. right. Of yeah. yeah, of course. So that's the best thing to do is just buy a bunch of tickets to places and then then you'll get the work. But yeah, yeah, you know, that's yeah. I'm freelance, too. So I know when I'm planning something, the job's going to be on that day. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. We exactly. Tried. So uh, opening day, I bought the tickets. I'm like, well, 
if I don't go, then, you know, I'll just, you know, give them to somebody as a gift or something. But uh, it's, uh, even though the Rockies always kind of stink, it's fun to go. It's fun. Well, it's a beautiful view, especially on the first baseline over there, yeah. looking out to the mountains in the outfield. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. In the afternoon with the sunsets, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I have pictures yeah. on my phone that are just like, they could be sold in stores of the, yeah, the so pretty purple and orange sky. And you just like, it's amazing, but yeah, yeah. spring training be fun. I'd love to yeah. go down. Yeah. His birthday is April 6th. So often we do opening day for his birthday, but we did go in and get some season tickets this year. I think we got like five or six games or something. Yeah, like we'll that hope, for the we're, we're hoping they're better this year. We'll yeah. That's our day is, is April 6th this year. Oh, is it April 6th? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we're, I'll do that. I had season tickets before. I used to have a place in Denver and okay. we used to go down and I'd go to 30 games a year, but, and yeah, now I don't go down as much. I'm just like, yeah, I gave up everything. I had Bronco tickets, everything. I got rid of everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just go when I want to go now. You yeah. Know, like, you always find a ticket. Find so. a ticket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Find a ticket. That's true. Yep. Paul, thank you so much for talking yeah. and baseball and everything yeah. else with us. I've learned so much. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah. jealous of your life. And keep me, keep me up to date on your if you go to the school. Yeah, I sure will. I'll call it. I'll ask and see like what your who the uh, the teacher is that you talked about the instructor. Yeah, and, Rob Rob Knipe is his okay. name. Okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll 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 be name dropping you like we're yes, absolutely. <laughs> and if you guys want to come out to Pikes Peak, it's the oh. last week of June. Yes. This year and Fan Fest is. Uh, well, the race is the 25th. Fan Fest is the 23rd. Okay. If you do come out, you got to make Fan Fest because it's downtown Colorado Springs, 35,000 people, motorcycles. Oh, All the cars are on display. It's a lot oh, of fun. Oh, wow. You know? So That's fun. So cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. They, they do a good job with, with the race and, and making it an event. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sounds like so much fun. Okay, so enjoy your win this year. Yes, enjoy your win. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I got room and... One of my trophy cases. I'm. Yeah. I got room for two more trophies. So perfect. Yeah. Two and more watches. Trophies. See, that's what we race for. We race for watches. Really? Yeah. BRM was the watch this year, and uh, there, you know, you race for a really cool trophy and a really nice watch. And uh, you know, if you're racing for the money up there, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. So yes. that's what my future holds. I'm going to have a lot of nice watches. That's right. <laughs> I have nice watches. Yeah. I have a whole collection of them. So. Yeah. That's so cool. Paul, yeah. thank you so much. It's been such a fun time talking to you. You've All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. <laughs> be thank safe you. out there. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll, okay. be, I'll be mellow on the road. I promise. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank All you. Right. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, I'd ask you if you really enjoyed that interview, but from the looks of it, I think think you got a lot out of that i loved that interview <laughs> yes you did and i am ready for car school i think you are <laughs> you've got the helmet and the goggles do you have your driving gloves on got my driving gloves oh my on. goodness i'm That's in trouble right. now you are in trouble i'm oh, ready goodness. to go okay <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this interview hardy party of five and a half over and out we'll see you next time i hope let's get out of here